0: Essays one and two of The Romance of the Commonplace by Gillette Burgess. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Essay one April essays. They were begun in the April of my life, and though it is now well into mid June, some of the glamour of the spring yet inspires me, and I am still a wondering i have tried every charm to preserve my youth and a drop of wine and a girl or two into the bargain but the game is near played out but what boots marbles and tops when one is initiated into the mysteries of billiards and chess it has taken me all these years to find that there is sport for every season and the rules vary to make a bold play at life then without cheating which is due only to a false conception of the reward and with the progress rather than the particular stage reached in mind is my aim so i have tossed overboard all my fears and regrets and gone in for the higher problem of maturity Still, a few of the maxims I drew from my joys and sorrows in the few calmer moments of reverie persist, and these all strengthen me in the romantic view of life. A man must take his work or his art seriously, and pursue it with a single intent. He must fix upon the realities, first of all, but there is room for imagination as well, and with this I have savoured my duties as one puts sauce to pudding.' enough has been written about the eagerness of motive of sobriety and all the catalogue of virtues usually dignified with capital initials i own allegiance to an empire beside all that another forest of arden the tinkle of whose laughter is a permanent sustained accompaniment to the more significant notes of man's sober industries must i be dubbed trifler then because i make a game of life every man of spirit and imagination must i think be a true sportsman it is in the blood of genius to love play for its own sake and whether one uses one's skill on thrones or women swords or pens gold or fame the game's the same Surely it is not only the reward that makes it worthwhile, it is the problem, the study of each step on the way, the disentangling of the knotted cord of fate, the sequence and climax of move after move, the logical grasp of what is to come upon the chessboard. As it is in the great, then may it not be in the small, to one of fancy and poetic vision mere size is an accident a personal element a relative not an absolute quality of things the microscope reveals wonders to the scientist as great and as important as does the telescope to the poet a primrose by the river's brim has the beauty of the infinite and so nothing is commonplace or to be taken for granted one needs only the fresh eye the eagerness of interest and this universe of workaday things which with the animals we get for a penny plain may be coloured with a tuppence worth of mine by which we are richer than they we have all passed through that phase of art appreciation in which familiar objects are endowed with an extrinsic aesthetic value the realist discovers a new sensation in a heap of refuse the impressionist in the purple shadows of the hills in weaker intellects the craving for this dignifying of the obvious leads to the gilding of the rolling-pin or the decalcomania decoration of the bean-pot with something of each of these methods i would practice upon everyday affairs and make them picturesque this is perhaps a characteristically oriental point of view of life undoubtedly it is the japanese pose and it is well illustrated in their art what by corin would be thought too insignificant for portrayal he had but to separate an object or a group of objects from its environment and he beheld a design with line mass colour and notan art was to him not a question of subject but of composition He held his frame before a tiny fragment of the visible world any fragment indeed and placing that in its true position not in regard to its surroundings but in regard to the frame it became a pattern may we not for our diversion do thus with life if we hold up our frame disregarding the accidental shadows of tradition and establishment we may see bits of a new world it is thus that the man from mars would view our life and manners unsophisticated he would hold his frame in front of a man and cutting him off from his family his neighbours his position in society he would see a personage as real and as individual as the man with the glove or the unknown woman is to us He would bring an uncorrupted eye and see strange pictures in the facts of our jaded routine. He would see, in accustomed meetings and actions, hidden possibilities and secret charms. He would witness this drab life of ours as a bewilderingly endless romance. Nothing would be presupposed, nothing foreseen, and each turn of the kaleidoscope would exhibit another of the infinitely various permutations of human relationship such is the philosophy of youth it denies the conventional postulates of the philistine it would not accept the axioms of the unimaginative two and two may prove to make five upon due investigation seemingly parallel cases may widely diverge and the greater may not always include the less in this non euclidean geometry of life it transmutes the prose of living into the poetry of idealization as love transmutes the physical fact of osculation into the beatitude of a kiss it makes mysteries of well-known occurrences and it turns accepted marvels into simple truths comprehensible and self-evident civilization refines and analyzes it seeks the invisible rays of the spectrum and delights in overtones subtle vibrations and delicate nuances of thought so this neglected philosophy of enthusiasm also gleans the neglected and forgotten mysteries of humanity its virtue is in its economy it wrings the last drop of sensation from experience like modern processes of manufacture it produces good from what was considered but waste and tailings by a positive contribution to happiness it refutes the charge of trifling for in the practice of this art one does not pick up what has been thrown away all's fish that comes to its net but it is more than a science it has more than an economic value for happiness it is a religion the creed of hope bids one wonder and hope and rejoice it teaches us to listen for the whispered voice to see the spirit instead of the body of the facts of life but it does more it is illuminating and reveals a new conception of beauty there is an apocryphal legend of the christ that tells how he with his disciples were passing along a road when they came upon the body of a dead dog those with him shrank from the pitiful sight with loathing and drew away but jesus went calmly up to the decaying flesh and leaning over it said gently how beautifully white are his teeth the customary moral drawn from the story is one of gentleness and pity the kindness and charity of looking at the good rather than the evil that is present but it has a more literal meaning and teaches clearly the lesson of beauty for it has come to this that even in our pleasures we are influenced by prejudice and tradition some things are as empirically branded beautiful or ugly as others are declared right or wrong and to this dogma we conform karen when he held his frame before a clothesline fluttering with damp garments saw not only an interesting design but a beautiful one yet the monday's wash may be taken as something typically vulgar and ugly to the common mind we anglo-saxons have debased many facts of life once rightly thought of as exquisitely beautiful into the category of the beast sexual passion is the great example but there are myriads of lesser things which viewed calmly purely as some strange god able to see clearly without passion or prejudice might view them would take on lovely aspects when such situations approach the pathetic as the sight of some forlorn half-naked mother nursing her child on a doorstep or the housemaid denied of the chance of seclusion embracing her lover in the publicity of the park, this diviner phase of common human nature is patent to the casual observer when they approach the comic also it is easier to believe that every scene may have its complementary phase and the most careless may read the joke between the lines but much of the more subtle delight of life escapes us like the tree-toad in the oak because it is so much a part of its surroundings its charm is of so intrinsic a value that we do not notice it we are used to finding our beauty within gilt rectangles set off from other things not so denominated as especially worthy of regard we expect it to be labelled and highly coloured two things alone remain safe from this bias of custom love, and youth. To the lover, the tying of a shoelace on his mistress's foot may be as sacred a rite, and may contain as much sentiment as the most impassioned caress. To the child, the mud-pile has possibilities of infinite bliss. To the one comes eternal beauty, to the other eternal mystery." and so to touch these forever and to lose no intermediary sensation of charm whether it be humor romance pathos or inspiration to be bound by every link that connects youth to love that was my april essay End of essay one essay two getting acquainted two lives moving in mysterious orbits are drawn together and for an instant or maybe forever after whirl side by side we call the encounter an introduction and we usually proceed to stifle the wonder of it by impersonal talk of art books or the drama it is an everyday affair and does not commonly stir the imagination and yet to the connoisseur in living the meeting may be an event as well as an episode he is a discoverer come to an unknown shore it may be the margin of a boundless sea or not but of a certain it is swung by new tides and currents to be adventured and plumbed. How can we, supercivilized, out of almost all real emotion, develop the potential charm of this first glimpse of a new personality? It is guarded by conventionality. The shutters are down, the door is barricaded. You may knock in vain with polite interrogations, and no one appears at the window must we perforce set the house afire smite or shriek aloud to bring this stranger's soul to his eyes for one searching gaze face to face the time is so short we must greet and pass on to the next we exchange easy commonplaces and so the chance vanishes why not defy custom and boldly snatch in that magic moment some satisfactory taste of warm human intercourse curiously enough this strangeness this lack of background in new acquaintances is one of the freshest charms of meeting who would not throw off all restraint and talk frankly with a man from the planet mars or venus could we resurrect an inhabitant of atlantis we could give him our whole confidence and even a south sea islander were he intelligent might be our confessor where then shall we draw the line of convention mars is some a hundred and forty million miles away san francisco is but nine thousand the ratio is inadequate but there is a guarantee of candor in mere distance may we not apply the same rule to nearer neighbors and look upon them in this interesting light there is no such stimulating instant possible for old friends for they are bound by preconceived ideals of personality they are pigeonholed as this or that circumscribed by mutual duty and sacrifice, they must reconcile present whims to past vagaries they are held to strict account of consistency with previous moods but on our first meeting with another we are free of all this constraint and if we have courage we may meet soul to soul without reserves we may confess unreliable things in that moment for there is no perspective of formulated opinion into which the confidence must be fitted the little secret is safe alone in the new mind and will not be held to intolerable account we may even for this once state a brutal truth for we are unpledged to distressing considerations we may be in some few sacred thoughts more intimate with a stranger than with an old friend such is the divine franchise of this first sudden opportunity no compact is yet sealed you must take me as you find me like me or not it matters little since it is for us to say whether or not we shall meet again this play is as dickens says of melancholy one of the cheapest and most accessible of luxuries for the scene is always ready set in the nearest drawing-room every stranger has a possible fascination and comes like a prince incognito it is probably your own fault not his if the disguise is not dropped during the first impetuous flurry of talk children do these things better making friends not inch by inch but by bold advances of genuine confidence yet approaching each new mystery with respect so we too like the child must dress these our dolls and put them into their first mental attitudes with sincerity and trust before they will come to life we must put much feeling into the relation giving and taking so much that we cannot only confide our tenderest spiritual aspirations but invest trifles with unaccustomed worth and significance these are not impossible sensations even for such accidental fellowship for nothing is too unimportant to reveal personality and orient one's point of view but we must proceed from the inside outward beginning with truths and thence to fancy it is the a priori method not deducing the character of your neighbour from his visible idiosyncrasies of taste and habit but boldly inducing a new conception making him what you will and varying the picture by successive approximations as his words and actions modify your theory no one is too dull for the experiment as no mummy is too common to be unwrapped granted only that he is newly found so that you have imagination romance and sentiment on your palette you may paint him as you will the colours may wash but for the while he is your puppet and must dance to your piping if indeed you do not become his there are those of course who will but cry oh and ah to your essays. dolts with neither wits nor words nor worth who take all and give nothing no one can set such damp stuff afire. Well, after all, though you have unmasked, retreat is still possible. With how many duller friends have you given your parole and cannot escape with honor? Indeed, it is not so desirable that we should always win, as that the game itself be worth the playing. One must not expect to make a friend at each introduction, To make the most of the minute in this way, then, to strike while the iron is hot, and better to heat it yourself, this is the art of getting acquainted. It is the higher flirtation, not dependent upon sex or temperament, but of many subtler dimensions, and though it soon turns into the old familiar ruts, the first steps, made picturesque by a common fancy, shall never lose their glamour, and one shall remember to the very last how the first shots went home. But do not confound playing with playing a part one may do all this sincerely honestly giving good coin and that is the only game worth while for of a sudden it may wake into new beauty like a dream come true and you will find yourself in arcady no more fooling then for the real you is walking by my side hand in hand we shall not be sorry either shall we that we hurried round the first corner into the open that we jumped a few hedges Surely we have an infinite friendship for our inaccessible goal, and though the first rush was exhilarating, there are more inspiring heights beyond. End of essay two